Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles and Attack on Titan podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ronnie. I'm one of your hosts, Jazzy. Hate when you call yourself Jazzy. This is Season 3, Episode 10, Episode 47, Friends. Friends. It's a great show. It's a great show? Friends, yeah. Oh. Oh, you're talking about the episode. I thought you were talking about... Yeah, if you came here, even though I introduced it as an Attack on Titan podcast, if you thought we were covering Attack on Titan, you're in the wrong spot, because we're getting ready to break down the intricacies of Ross and Rachel's relationship. We were on a break! <laughs> oh, smelly cat! Just kidding. This, You're in the right pl- place. Don't click away. This is the Attack on Titan episode called Friends, Chaz. So, I'm guessing you don't have notes for this now, because I see... You've got a lot of takes about Joey. Well, uh, Joey and the Rachel's baby and Rob. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just go off with your notes. All right. We're good. So what, how you always do it? Yeah, you okay. always take the notes. I just kind of read over them. You just, it's a good thing I'm, I got a hold of this Twitter account. So uh, let's get into it here. Some troops are putting together a platform. Now, earlier they were putting together a platform that was to hang people. This platform we're using to, because uh, we got a Queen's inauguration to, to take care of. So a lot of different platforms for yeah. a lot of very different things. Yeah, they and specifically to hang Erwin Schmiffs. Levi is walking through the rubble when a scout runs up and tells them they found Kenny. Levi tells this guy, this isn't important, I just thought I, it was important for me to bring it up. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Levi tells this guy his face is leaking shit. Dude, I love that. I, anytime <laughs> Levi just says one of those comments, love it. It was so unneeded. He could just be like, thanks, man. <laughs> so if you haven't caught on by now, this is a little flashback before the end of last episode. We go to the opening credits, and uh, when we come out of them... Well, hold on. Loki might be my favorite opening. I know I've mentioned it before. I've watched the open Instead of just skipping through the, the intro, like probably a normal person would... I've watched Red Swan opening every episode so far. Red Swan, that wasn't in your top five, right? No, well, that's OST-wise. I'm just talking about the actual opening. Like, I like the song, but... It's not a top five song. You just like the the artwork and stuff going on. Yeah. I do really like the cute little kids and them running around Mm -hmm. smiling. They're so, you know... And little Aaron... So full of joy. Little Aaron tugging on older Aaron. It's just so sad, It's very sweet. Even, like, the little Levi's and the Irwin's in them, too. Mm -hmm. They do that. It's like, um... It's like baby Looney Tunes, but... (laughs) (laughs) Irwin and looking at his father. It's just so heartwarming. So we come back... And uh, we're still in somewhat of a flashback because there's young Kenny. He gets grabbed by a uh, human-controlled Titan, and the human looks—he looks like an older Armin, if I'm not gonna lie. He like, kind of does, yeah. His name is Uri, and he's with Rod Rice, who is pointing a gun at Kenny as he's stuck in the Titan's hand. Uri tells him not to shoot because they need to figure out how he figured out about them, and Uri correctly guesses that he is a member of the Ackerman family, and due to that, his reasons for raising his knife are within the man himself. I like that line about the Ackermans. Uri is kind of like a... Uh, yeah, describe this guy's vibe. He's the type of guy that you kind of... You're almost sketched out about because... Well, he's got the kind of eyes if someone told me right now that he was blind. He might even be blind. Is he blind? 
No, but he does have gorgeous the the artwork of the eyes just in the show in general is awesome. But specifically with Eri and Frida when they have the founding Titan with uh, within them, it looks awesome. That would be that's I, I so you know for a fact he's not blind. Well, here's the thing. Like you said, well, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But I, I'm pretty sure he's not blind. And I know reason, he has the cane later on. Is that kind of why you're saying? Well, that? that and then like when um, I've, I'm not even thinking so much of this scene. There's a scene later on where he's kind of like sitting in the grass and Kenny's kind of behind him talking, and Uri just keeps like looking out forward, almost as like a blind person would. He doesn't turn his head or whatever. You know and, what he kind of reminds me of? He reminds me of like a an old japanese folk warrior that's mm-hmm. like so one with himself that he doesn't, doesn't even need, need eye contact people. yeah and the only reason i don't need him to be blind or not well actually i know he's not now that i think about it because he has the titan powers his eyes would regenerate if they did go blind so yeah that's true but you, you are right though it does kind of ruin everything because i was gonna have a hot take about if a blind person became a titan they could see through the titan but not but yeah, they, they reach in, so. <laughs> See, I'll just fart on that take. <laughs> All right, don't click off the podcast. We're having interesting conversations. Kenny flips the knife and throws it at Uri, who lifts his arm, letting the blade sink all the way through it. What a badass throw. Owie. Yeah, and it, a badass throw and definitely an owie. Um, yeah, and then here's the thing about this throw. First of all, Rod says he's going to kill him. After making such a badass move, Kenny does this. He starts crying like a little bitch, begging for his life. This is like a classic case of you're not sorry for what you did. You're sorry you got caught. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, that's just what we got going on right here. He then says, get your hands off me. I got to escape. Well, that's just an interesting strategy. Now they know you're trying to escape. He's getting held by a giant titan hand, and he's just like... That's not what you want to tell the person. Uri lets him go, though, and gets out of his titan. Rod asks why he did that, because he's an Ackerman, and they they can't have their memory erased. As Uri walks up to him, Kenny pulls a gun out. You think Uri... I mean, Erwin... There's a couple people who would not care about having a gun pulled on him. Erwin and Uri. Uri's a baller. Let's just... And, pro- right and probably now. Levi, too. This game. Yeah, Levi wouldn't care either. Kenny nowadays wouldn't care, but back then he obviously, I don't think he liked it very much. Mm-hmm. He says that his hatred is justified, but unfortunately he cannot die right now. This is it gets a little confusing for me. Help me through this, Chess. I got you. Uri bows down to the ground and says, please forgive me even within such tiny walls to be unable to build paradise. I'm a fool. Now... When he was doing this, my initial take was he was talking like somebody within. And we know the idea of the Founding Titan. He was talking to like someone of his past. Kenny overdubs this flashback or whatever, and he's saying it was intended for him. What was your take? I kind of got the take that it was intended for him because he talked about uh, the persecution of the Ackermans. And he's kind of feeling sorry about that as well okay present time kenny is talking over this flashback like i said and that uh he says that even though his titan was scary when he bowed down to him 
it rattled something inside him like never before. Which it should. I, I like how that's what got Kenny to kind of wake up, is when somebody that powerful literally can be called a god, bows down before, which well, yeah. anytime Kenny mentions this, when he calls himself trash, mm-hmm. it's a, it brings a lot of good detail to Kenny's character. I, I kind of wish that there was more of this besides like two episodes yeah. where he calls himself trash and says even if a guy like even if a guy like him, who is probably the most powerful being ever, can bow down to trash like me, like that's yeah. when you know. I, I, I mean, I he love literally he had Kenny in his Titan's hand. Could have just ended him half a Easily, second. Yeah. And five seconds later, he's bowing down to the guy. It's just yeah. It's um, how could you not be like, wow, I respect the hell out of this guy. I want to mm-hmm. fight for him. And so that's exactly what Kenny did. He lowered his gun and told Uri he wanted to help him. And so at the next council meeting, the person who tipped Kenny off about Rice was now missing. I like that little nugget that, you know, someone within the council was the one who told him about Uri, and now that guy's gone, and they've got Kenny sitting in the... There's probably that uh, that mind digger from season one. Remember that long story? That oh, just kind of yeah, went yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. guy disappeared, and then it's never been talked about I again. I wasn't sure if you were talking about Armin's filthy old grandpa. No, that guy sucks. Uh, so, so like I said, Kenny's at the meeting now and refers to himself as the Rice's new dog. It was a little, uh, pathetic for him, but it ended the Ackerman's persecution, he says. So, you know, it's a give and take. that's crazy to me. I actually didn't catch this the first time, that the reason the Ackermans were not persecuted anymore was because of this, which was crazy. I did not catch it the first time. Joined up, and now I Mm -hmm. guess the Ackermans are cool. So he, he mentions how he had fewer enemies, but still would work or wouldn't walk around in daylight. He, uh, he only moved around in the nighttime. Kenny checks in at a desk where a man says if he's looking for Olympia. I should mention that uh, Kenny asked for someone named Kuchel. Kukul? Yeah, Kuchel, Kukul. Let's just call her Kuchel. Um, and the man tells her that tells Kenny she's sick and hasn't sold in ages. Now, you've kind of mentioned this a few episodes back, but it's a it's a whorehouse. Yeah, and yeah, she hasn't sold in ages, so you know most guys that go to a whorehouse, they're not looking for the prettiest women and Did you uh, just call her a slut? And uh, if she hasn't sold in ages, she must look pretty damn bad. Well, I've got something to tell you. You're right, because Kenny walks into the room where he finds a young boy who tells him the woman is dead. Kenny follows that up by asking the boy who just talked to him if he's alive, (laughs) which you might think is kind of a silly question, but good lord, you should see this kid. It was not a bad question at all. Should have asked it. Kenny asks for his name, and the kid answers, Levi. Whoa. It's big, because... It makes you feel really bad for him. A little kid next to his whore of a mom, which she might have been forced into this. We don't know. Yeah. But the fact that he's been sitting beside his dead mom for days and uh, it's just a Well, I mean, sitting by his dead mom, not to mention how old is Levi at this point, like Mm -hmm. around the same age as like Historia was when she was doing all her terrible, like grew up the horrible way that she did. Mm -hmm. And he's grown up. In a whorehouse. 
yeah, just having having to hear his mom, you know, go through that and probably watching. I mean, think about the filth that comes through uh, there and just like treats his mom like shit. It's terrible. Because I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. She did not choose to do yeah. this. This is you know she was kind of forced into it. Um. So yeah, this is Levi. Kenny introduces himself and took Levi to eat. And we don't get a whole lot of this in this anime, but this is your classic anime eating scene. We only get it every now and Sasha, but I mean Levi is going at this food. This is He this, needs it though. He looks terrible. This is gone in Kilua anytime they got an opportunity yeah. to eat Hunter X Hunter. Kenny voices over a few scenes saying that he couldn't let Levi die, but he sure as hell wasn't stepping in as a parent either. So what did you think about that? Is Kenny a good guy? I mean, that's pretty... Here's the thing. He's saying that he wasn't stepping in as a parent. And I guess he's not so much, but he's definitely... Like, he was there for Levi. And I think he taught Levi as much as he could, but... I don't think Kenny was comfortable with the situation whatsoever, and he just did what I think Kenny probably has some self confidence issues right. of his his own. So he was definitely a parent like influence for at least a few years. Right. He says there wasn't much that he could teach them, teach him, but the first thing he taught him was how to grip a knife. That's was lesson one. <laughs> <laughs> Seems right for Kenny, you know, and. Uh, or how to say hello to people and get along. Weird. I love what they do with the animation because he says how to say hello to people and get along. As we see Levi standing in the middle of a bunch of bodies that Kenny more than likely had a hand in just killing. Wow, just brutal. He basically taught him everything he needed to know to survive underground. But if he wanted to go above ground, he had to do it himself. I, I like that. See... I did, Kenny's character this this episode really brings me on to him. I love how he has just terrible confidence in himself. Not only well he he has good confidence in himself, but he in different he's got confidence in what he does, but who he is. Yes. Oh, how deep was that? That's deep right there. Whoa! What are the boys at the AOT Chronicles <laughs> doing? We are uncovering. Jeez. Some stuff. Yeah, he knows. I love anytime somebody can admit that they're a shitbag, but they continue doing what they're doing. So let me ask you about this. We see a quick little scene of Levi holding a knife, but then rotating it in his hands to his patent-pending grip. Now, so, we just heard Kenny say, Kenny taught him how to grip a knife. Is this what Kenny taught him? Or did Levi say, screw you, I'm going to do what feels right, and this is what he came on to? I want, see, I kind of interpreted it as, Kenny taught him to do it this way. See, that's what's so freaking cool, dude, yeah. because we never get the chance because Kenny's got his stupid guns. And this is what I was saying back in the scene when we fought, when we got Levi versus Kenny 2.0. I think if you gave Kenny some blades, he would hold them exactly like Levi, which I yes. think is awesome. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity by the show. It, he should, you're right. He should have had the guns, but he should have had a backup sword that he pulls out. I just Kenny is so experienced. I don't see yeah. how he's just walking around with guns that have three bullets in them. That doesn't sound like him. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad that you think that too, yeah. because I definitely think that that's how Kenny taught him how to do it. If there's anything whatsoever in the manga, let us know. I've never wanted to know more about something than that right there. So then, in a church. People are praying for world peace as Kenny watches from above. 
He apologizes to a man named Sonus for killing so many military police. And Sonus asks why he abides by the king. And Kenny says it's probably because he's the strongest. So Sonus is the guy that got tortured by Hanji and yes. Levi, right? Later yep. on. Yep. That's... Uh, yeah, cause this whole scene right here, I, I don't know how much it did for me, but that was a cool little nugget where if you really are in it, you caught and you relate. Yeah, this, it's kind of cool. I don't know if, is it implying that everyone within this church is not of a blood, like, can, is it implying everyone of this church cannot have their memories altered? Is that what it's implying? I That was a big question I had. Because Kenny, obviously, they said he can't have his memories altered. They've said there's a few bloodlines right. that can't. And I'm wondering if Sonus was one of those where he's for the king because his memories can't be altered. And he's kind of, I don't know. That's an interesting question because I, I'll be honest. I went back and rewatched that whole thing five times because I felt like there was something I wasn't getting. And eventually these were just the notes I came out with. Um I didn't come up with anything too deep. I just thought it was interesting because Sonus also says, basically he just talks about how ride or die he is for the king and how he'd do whatever for the king. And then he kind of asks Kenny, and Kenny's like, I think he basically is just like, maybe. Like, I don't know. And then obviously we see down the road how ride or die Sonus is when he's being interrogated until yeah. he gets duped. I mean, this is just an awesome set of flashbacks. We cut to a scene of Levi putting an absolute beat down on a guy. As Kenny says, the one who is on top is the person who shows they are the strongest. Power is all you need. And I feel like that's exactly what you would learn in the Kenny Ackerman boot camp. Yeah, for <laughs> whether, sure. Whether it's true or not, that's what you would learn. As Levi finishes beating up this guy, he turns to see Kenny walking away from him. Uri tells Kenny that he doesn't have long left. This is what I was talking about there, like at the, uh, the grassy area. And Uri says that the power will be passed down, but he will live in their memories, so he's never going to be fully dead. Kenny questions the fact that the power can be passed down. This is something he didn't know. He's got a weird look in his eye. Uri says in the not-so-distant future, the world will crumble, and in humanity's fading twilight, he wishes to build a paradise. He then asks Kenny if he believes in violence and says he thinks he does. <laughs> Good guess, Uri. He asks what made them friends. Kenny says not sure, but if it wasn't for his titan, he would have stuffed his skull full <laughs> of shit. <laughs> okay, going back to what you said right before we continue. Yeah. He says in the not-so-distant future, the world will crumble. That's what he said, right? Yep. What I want to know how he knows that, I, if he's talking about the Colossal Titan, because this is obviously before the Colossal Titan kicked in right. the wall, the yep. gates, and did that. So is he talking about that? I want, like, that's big right there. Here's the thing. And how does he know? That could be it, or, uh, you know, season four is still coming up. It could get even worse before it gets that's better. That's true. Like... Is this the whole world? You know, we don't even know. They talk about the, the fire water and you know the oceans and stuff like yeah. that. Even though they don't call them oceans, they just water that goes. I mean, this isn't the whole world, so I don't know. We see a montage of Frida coming into the Titan power. It's kind of a quick little. She's doing all her things. He's chained up. Yeah. She's eating him. Yeah. And then um, 
Yeah, I guess good point. It's just to show that Uri eventually does. You know, he's we he's, also okay. That's another his times up and another he's point. Pass it down another point to bring up. Why? So we got a few questions right here that mm-hmm. we got to ask. We got to ask how he knows the world's going to end. We know in previous episodes that Rod told Historia that Frida, when she had the power, she even knew how the world began. So how is that possible? Plus, how does he know about the future? Plus, this next question is, why does he have to pass his power on, along right now? What is the, Why does he have to do that? Yeah. It's just, we got three big questions. That, big questions. I don't have answers, but yeah. they're in our minds. So Kenny introduces himself to the military police and says that he's now the captain of the anti-personnel control squad. How exciting. He expects them to be mad for having some crazy killer in control of them. And so this is, during all this, we see the woman who was kind of like, felt his like his second yeah. second in uh, command, that she was the one that shot Hanji or whatever. And Kenny says everyone who gets the power of the Titan becomes compassionate, and he wonders if it would be the same for him. Obviously, now he's not talking to the military police. This episode was pretty jumbled. There's a lot of just Kenny talking over scenes. Um, and then he says he's got to figure that out. And so is this, is that implying that he really just wants to become a better person? Is that what he's saying? Or how do you take that? I dev I, I agree. Cause he, I think it even happens later on. He mentions how this Titan power seems to make everyone just good, want to do the best. And he just seems like a person who has never been able to get there for whatever reason his whole life's been you know shitty or whatever and he just can't feel the emotions that these people are displaying and right he wants to know if someone who is even as bad slash poison as him can get could get to that someday it's deep stuff it really is we get to back to the point where kenny is laying against a tree and levi walks up so we're caught up with the end of last episode okay and is that the calling card right there yep so we get to the calling card it's the uh ackerman family we already know a little bit about it, but a family of warriors who once served the royal government, they begin to be persecuted after distancing themselves from the royal family. The details are unknown, but some experience a mysterious awakening and gain abilities exceeding a typical human's. Okay. And I hand the keys off to you. So this is where we're back to the end of last episode. Um, we have Levi telling Kenny, there's no hope for him now. You're pretty much done for. And that's when Kenny pulls out the syringe and he laughs and says he stole this from Rod right before, you know, everything went down. So Rod had two. Yeah, I'm assuming he probably had even more than that, but with the crumbling and everything, there's obviously no way they got any more of them. Do you make anything of that? I assume they have. So I feel like he has them on deck. I mean, in, in the long run... There's only one that could be the Founding Titan because there's only going to be one body that you can eat that right. has, but it's just interesting that he's got multiple. And I wonder, too, if... It, it, is a, it is a tough question. I wonder if he's holding that on for when it's passed down again, if he just has multiple for that. Yeah. But we don't know like when the passing even happens either, so there's just more questions. Right. But uh, he's, Kenny then says if he uses this... He'll be he'll become one of them titans, but it'll be one of the dumb ones, and but it should extend his life. So, 
It's basically saying he could extend his life, but he's going to be a stupid Titan that doesn't. It's just a mindless Titan. Yeah. Has no memories. So he doesn't have anyone to eat. He's just going to be yeah. one of the ones that just stumble around. And I mean, he shouldn't even be able to not be a Titan anymore. It really wouldn't extend his life. Just kick off a new life of. Am yeah. I wrong? Wait, what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, unless he eats someone, he's just going to be Titan forever, yeah? Yeah, because we know that Ymir from Season 2 said she was roaming around as a Titan for 60 years. Yeah. Nothing ever changed, so he could be just a stupid Titan, unless somebody kills him. Right. He could just be, you know, stupid Titan forever. Or, I don't know how long the lifespan is, but at least 60 years. Ymir was there for at least 60 years. But Levi asks him um, why he hasn't done it yet. He's like, dude, you've had the strength to do it. Why haven't you stabbed yourself with it yet? And Kenny says that he's afraid that if he doesn't do it right, he'll end up like Rod did. And is, that not what, is that not what you would aim for? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I kind of buy that with Kenny, but I feel like he's just second-guessing it altogether. I don't think it's just for that reason. Okay. And... Uh, Kenny talks about not wanting to die and wanting the power, but then he says, I think I understand why he did it after all this time. And Levi's like, huh? He has no idea what he's talking about. And Kenny goes on this long spiel where he says, everybody I've met was all the same. Worshipping God, drinking, women, family, dreams, children, power. Everyone had to be drunk on something to keep pushing on. And then this is Chaz's quote of the day. Oh. oh. Thank you for not clapping this time. Don't. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone was a slave to something. Even him. So he's obviously, we know he's talking about Yuri. Levi doesn't know who he's talking about. Right. Levi's like, what the hell is this guy Who's talking about? him? This guy's on one right now. But... I think it's really interesting because we do know that Yuri and Frida, they were definitely slaves to the king's first will. Yep. Then Kenny goes, Kenny asks Levi if he's a hero, basically implying if Levi is a slave to being a hero is what I is how I took that. Right. Levi tries squeezing some answers out of him. He's like, please tell me everything you know. Why does the first king not want humanity to survive? I guess it was like Kenny asking Levi, are, are you doing this whole like scout rigmarole because that's what you want to do? Or are you just doing it because that's what you think? Like Almost like Kenny was when he right. was working for... Well, I, get, I think when Yuri was around, I think he was doing it because that's actually what he wanted to do. But once, obviously, Yuri passed down, the guy he was so enamored with was gone. And he obviously kept working with the Rices. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what he's getting at with Levi's. Yeah, and he talks about, too, he's like, he could tell Yuri was within Frida, but it still wasn't Yuri. Right. So, yeah, Levi's asking him why the first king doesn't want humanity to survive. And he said, we Ackermans opposed him for that. Kenny did. Um, Levi asks him, Levi says, well, I seem to be an Ackerman too. He's like, what were you to my mom? And he, uh, he laughs and says, just, just her brother. So I wasn't one of those filthy old men that came in with right. money. That... So it's Levi's uncle. 
Now, do you think Levi's asking that because he thinks Kenny might be his dad? Yeah, I think Levi has. Levi thinks either he's his dad or maybe a cousin. He he. I don't think he really knows, but I do think probably he's like, "Is this really been my dad the whole time? Yeah. He just walked out on me." But he, either way, Uncle Dad, like it still sucks that he walked out on him. Well, and then that's when we get to Levi asking why he left, because, or yeah, Levi asks Kenny why he left him as a kid, and Kenny re- responds with, "He wasn't meant to be someone's father." He then hands Levi the syringe and dies, right there. So that just sucks for Levi, dude. Any, this guy, we find out about his backstory, how he grew up. I feel like he almost he might have the toughest life out of anybody in this whole show, but he shows the least amount of emotions about it. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, just think about it. it he seems has like just no the Ackermans in general. Yeah. Kenny had a pretty rough go at it. Mikasa wouldn't uh, exactly want to be in her shoes either from what happened to her, but Levi's definitely got it got it rough. Levi's never had anybody. He's no. never had... That's why he's so close with Erwin. I feel like even though they're so close in age, he, Levi almost looks at Erwin as like a father yeah. figure. So, yeah, that's... To me, that, that really made me cry. I think... <laughs> I had to make some coffee after that, some hot, warm coffee to kind of dry my tears away. Rip Kenny. <laughs> Rip Kenny, though. We'll go back to it, but we're close to the end of the episode now, so let's finish that up, and then i got a couple more questions about Kenny. You got a couple? Okay, cool. So we go. We're back with Historia, and she's being crowned as the queen. And, and it, okay, and then it shows her mentioning to Erwin the idea that she would finish, have the final blow for uh for Rod and Irwin's like wow she's yeah really, really something I really like that and then um I thought it was cool that they waited an episode to show us that and we go back over to Historia and crew so we got Mikasa and all of them and they're walking up to Levi and Mikasa just be <laughs> just hyping her up like before saying she basically just wanted Historia to give him the smoke and then she's like yeah and after you hit him <laughs> She's like, after you hit him, uh, God, what does she say? God, I miss this. I don't have the exact quote, but the whole idea, this is what we were talking about before, just like, just hit him, what is he going to do? You're the goddamn queen. That's what it, yes. She's like, just tell him you're the queen after you hit him. He's not going to do anything. So it, Historia runs up and hits him, which was just so hilarious the way she right. did it. She like tried to charge up the way she yelled, just like I she's mean, charging up the hit and just absolutely didn't do anything. This is like your six-year-old cousin punching you, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. And then we get Levi smiling. Levi first smiles. Time. Dude. Is this the first time he smiled it, in this 100%. Show? Oh, it was so 100%. awesome. 100%. I mean, you talk about joy filling one up that is it and then he cracks why he's like thanks guys i really needed that like what so awesome dude levi's just had it the worst out of anybody i feel like and i'd love to see him smile and it just sucks too because he has it the worst but no one everyone looks they feel bad for aaron everyone feels bad for historia no one really feels bad for levi because they don't know his backstory he has the worst but you can see right here he's still got something to live for because even though he plays all hard ass he cares about all these people he does and my heart just melted god levi so 
we go over to this next scene. Oh, wasn't ready for this. I completely forgot that these guys were in the show. Yeah, because this is like kind of halfway through the season, so we sneak on over there, see what's going on, and lay it on us, Chaz. So we're ten episodes in. We haven't seen these guys since season two, episode twelve. Yeah. And the armor titan is because fucked up. Oh, yeah. This is where you're like, oh, whoa, his armor's broke like that? What just happened? Bert runs, are you okay? <laughs> Why not? Oh, you okay? <laughs> yeah, Bert's all worried, running over. I fell. <laughs> the Beast Titan comes walking up, does his patent kneel down, which is just a terrifying kneel down, like he did to Mike season two, and, he's, and he just says, I win. <laughs> He's like, saving Annie can come later. Retrieving the coordinate is priority, as it should be. If we wait here, it will come to us. And then that's when he gets out of the nape of the Beast Titan. And he's absolutely shredded. Oh, yeah, you thought Aaron was shredded an episode or two ago? Look at this guy. This guy's a little bit older. He looks like he's close to, like, 30, probably. And I mean... He's a badass. You can tell this guy's a badass. Hot as all get out. Got a sick beard. Good. Um, Do you want to talk about the hog? We know that you... Well, he's a little bit taller. I don't know if he really has that big of a hog oh. on but <laughs> Speak for yourself, dude. <laughs> glasses. The glass. It's just the glasses. It's all it is. Oh. No, but he does... He's very intimidating. Okay, he, he I, can, I can see why Reiner and Bert are scared of this guy. Yeah, he just... He owns the room, and he's not in a room. How about that? Yeah. And that's it. So wait, did you did you say the part about um, Annie? Yeah, I said. Oh, you did say. Okay, I was yeah. just I was just want to talk about how great this guy looked. Yeah, that was a great line though, because so basically that's implying that Reiner Bertolt's in love with her for some reason. He can't transform yeah. and fight the Beast Titan. They but... wanted to go back and get Annie. They were like, all right. He was Beast Titan was like, I'll fight you for it. And then he won. He's like, we're gonna wait. Do you want to have a little discussion, just a little side track discussion of why you think um, Reiner fought the Beast Titan and Bert didn't fight him? I think. Do you think the Beast Titan's like, hell no, I'm not fighting that sixty meter giant? Like, um, what? Do, or do you think Bert's just too scared? Because that it could be very two very different things. I my answer I think would be potentially spoilery, so I'll hold off from that conversation. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, this was just funny to me because I was like, oh yeah, I remember Annie. She's still just hanging around somewhere. Yeah, Annie, <laughs> Annie still exists. She's just sitting in that crystal ball. All right, but let's get into the star of this episode. Let's get into Kenny. What? Okay, I really like this episode. I do too. My overall question, and there's some answers to be had, what was the point of Kenny? Definitely the aspect of Levi, just bringing more out of Levi, I feel like. We um, learned a little bit about Levi, but like... Kind of getting more backstory on him, but I feel like definitely talking... I feel like Yuri, having a focal point of Yuri and the Ackermans is probably a, a lot of reason why Kenny's around because I don't know how else they would have talked about Yuri without Kenny. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, but it's at the same time, I love Kenny's character. It's like, he's not necessarily super needed in the show. 
Right. Well, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, 10 episodes. Yeah. Didn't it feel like we, and I'm not even sure he's in every single one of those episodes. He's probably not. But that's, that was his run. And it, I just remember this, the first time I watched this episode, it was so deep. And I liked Kenny, but it was, you know, obviously you get a bunch of different characters as far as Yuri and stuff. And you really got to be on your shit. And I was a little tired or whatever. So I got like halfway through it, had to restart it. And then you got to watch it almost like we like to kind of kid around with the rewatches. But this is one where it's so deep, it really benefits from rewatches and trying to figure out exactly what all is being said. Well, this show, this is one of those things... You can get caught up binge watching a show and be like, wow, that show is amazing. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, wait a minute, what happened in the show? That is actually so great. Tell about your uh, your buddy. <laughs> so, my buddy. This is this is the kind of people, this is why people listen to the AOT Chronicles. We're, yes. we're uncovering every stone. And I'm not even saying we did a perfect job. I guarantee you there was something we just missed through that episode. And if we did... Send it on into the podcast chronicles at gmail.com. But go ahead and say. Shows like this are so deep that you all, you really do have to rewatch it to get all the details. But my buddy, I got him into watching Attack on Titan. He's never really watched anime before. He watched it in what felt like three days. He got so obsessed with it, he watched it in three days. Talked about how much he loved it, that it's one of his favorite shows he's ever watched. And then I tell him, I said something about season one, and I was like, yeah, that was pretty cool in season one when, you know, Jean and Marco's whole thing, and he goes, who's Marco? <laughs> Best bro, Marco. Best bro, Marco. But yeah, he. there's a lot of things. Some of it's spoilery for uh Yeah, we'll have later to get on. into it. Cause there's... We'll, we'll get into it, but, but yeah, he... He watched it so quick that he missed out on so many details. I don't see how it can be your favorite show without having all of those details. God, just get ripped. Yeah. Um, but no, this is definitely one. Like, you can't... Which, that is kind of a cool aspect about anime. And if you watch it with subtitles, you've got to read. So you've got to be somewhat into it. This is not a f- show where you can mess around on your phone and still get everything that you need to out of it. Especially right. not this episode, but... A really good episode. Rip Kenny. You know what? Let's finish with a... I think Kenny warrants a nice 10 seconds. He uh, does. Patent pending AOT Chronicle moment of silence. So let's go ahead and start that right now. Can you hand me that dumbbell? Yeah. I'm not 20 pounds. You're so big. I'm just going to knock a couple out. That's a bit 10 seconds. And then that's 10. All right. It was a perfect excuse to get some bicep work in. Did you have anything else on this episode? Any other questions about Kenny? Um, no, I just wanted to rip my buddy. Um, yeah, I wanted you to as more. well. That's always, I mean, it's so cr- It's reasons like that why you always say I'm your best friend, which I think is, you know, really cool. You know, have more. I said that? Well, yeah, you say, you know, I'm your best friend because. I, I know I've not said it on this podcast, but. But I am. Thanks for tuning in to the AOT Chronicles, guys. Okay. Um, okay. You can email us at thepodcastchronicles at gmail.com. Give us a subscription on YouTube. We'd love to have you on there. I feel like Thumbs we kind of skipped over. Um, um, and yeah, we all love you so much. Let's get this episode over with. Um, 
Okay. Uh, you got anything to finish it off, Ronnie? Subscribe. Can we, uh, peace. Give us a follow on Spotify. We love you. Peace. So can we talk about what you just said?